Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I walk a straight line Shackle chain Oh, gruesome Gertie Is calling my name There is no mercy In this penitentiary Just ask the hill string gang Wrangle the three Welcome to this edition of Bloody Angola, a podcast 142 years in the making. The complete story of America's bloodiest prison. And I'm Jim Chapman. And I'm Woody Overton. And we got, uh, look, we've gotten more requests off this really in the past couple of months than, than we've ever had. Right. It's a really, really interesting case. Um, actually born out of Louisiana, but known worldwide. Global. And we're going to tie it into Bloody Angola, but let's tell you about the case first. So, y'all, today we're going to be talking about Corey Miller, also known as C-Murder, and he was a famous Deep South rapper. Corey was part of No Limit Records, and his brothers include the founder of No Limit and rapper Percy Miller, known as Master P, and Vyshawn Miller, known as Silk, the Shaka, <laughs> and his nephew, Romeo Miller, known as Lil Romeo. Before we tell you the full story regarding C. Murder, we have to tell you where he came from, right? He was born and raised in the very rough Third Ward Calliope Projects of New Orleans. His oldest brother, Percy, known as Master P., was a basketball star in high school and received a basketball scholarship to play for the University of Houston. However, Percy dropped out months into his freshman year and transferred to Merritt College in Oakland, California to major in business. After the death of his grandfather, Percy inherited $10,000 as part of a malpractice settlement and opened up a record store called No Limit Records. That's right. And in 1990, his older brother Percy released his first cassette tape. Yep, cassette, cassette. tapes I back then, y'all. It was called Mind of a Psychopath, and in that same year, he became Master P. 
P. Master P. Now, that same year, Corey, Corey's brother Kevin was killed in New Orleans, and Master P, he kind of used that as motivation to get his record label off the ground right. and get his family out of the New Orleans projects. Where they were from, y'all, in the third world, the, the Calope projects, very, very tough, tough neighborhood. Right. Let there. me tell you about this real quick. Let me interject. So in the prison system in Angola or DCI, wherever you're at, the all the um, convicts will refer to the uh, some that s- someone asks another say, "Where are you from?" The city. Well, the city means New Orleans. Then they'll, they'll automatically say what ward. So New Orleans is broken down into wards, most famously known for ninth. the Ninth Ward. But all, each ward had its own project. Now that's not a, a derogatory term. They, back then, before Katrina, you could, literally couldn't go two blocks in any direction. Even if you were on St. Charles in the richest neighborhood and you hit where a pro- Mike lives. Right, where Mike Agravino lives. <laughs> and if you hit a projects. And these were big high rise um buildings that the government used for low um income housing and they had their own police force, even though they're part of the NOPD, but they wouldn't even go in there uh a shots fire call unless they had two or more units. That's right. It was rough. Yeah, it was rough. And uh, so, obviously, the oldest brother, Percy, known as Master P, it was his goal to get his family out of the the ghettos of New Orleans. And it was kind of from this start that No Limit Records became a full-blown empire. Master P, in particular, became a beast in the way of business investments. Yes, he did. I mean, just about everything this guy touched turned into goals. Right. He was no idiot at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, no Limit invested in all kinds of successful ventures. They had an energy drink company, a sports management company, a publishing company, fast food companies, and No Limit Enterprises became so successful, in fact, that in 1998 alone, the company grossed $110 million. That's a lot of duckies. That is right. a and, lot. And homegrown, right? Yep. And so Corey Miller was growing y'all at this time as a rapper, and his rap name was C. Murder. And I know y'all have heard of that. Corey was at the top of his game, and you know he had been the focal point of No Limit Records, and he was one of the wealthiest and most popular artists on the label until February 12, 2002, when a Jefferson Parish grand jury indicted him for the murder of 16-year-old Steve Thomas in the New Orleans nightclub. In the early morning hours of January 12, 2002, Deputy Brian Singleton received a call to respond to a shooting at the Platinum Club in Harvey, Louisiana, y'all, which is a suburb of New Orleans. When he arrived... Officer Singleton observed a large crowd of over 100 people screaming and running out the door of the club in a hectic state. As he made his way through the crowd, he observed over 100 to 150 people still inside. It was at this time he saw the victim, later identified as a 16-year-old Steve Thomas, lying on his back, suffering a single gunshot wound to his chest. Deputy Singleton leaned down and tried to speak to the victim, but the victim was unresponsive in the deputy radio for medical assistance. Now, other deputies, they started to arrive, and Deputy Singleton then requested that all the doors be locked and all the 
officers start canvassing the club. Like they were going to get statements. Right, right. It's a crime scene. Active crime scene. Active crime scene. So Darnell Jordan, he worked security at the club that night, and he stated that a fight broke out between the pool table and the dance floor, and 15 to 20 people were beating down the victim. He said the victim was lying on his back and kind of trying to cover himself up, turtling, as we call it. Right. He was getting kicked and punched, and that is when he kind of ran in and he tried to break up the right. fight. He said he grabbed C. Murder and told him, hey, man, chill out. That's right. And C. Murder responded, all right. He then said he heard a gunshot. He also stated he never saw C. Murder kick or punch the victim, but he was about a foot away when C. Murder reached his hand into the pile of people, and the next thing he knew, he saw a flash at the end of it. In the 911 call, it's important to mention that Darnell never mentioned knowing who the shooter right. was. And it's also important to mention that his story has changed many times regarding right. the identity of the shooter. Right, which makes his testimony not worth a shit. But Denise Williams, um, who was also interviewed that night and said that the shooter was an individual named Derek Taylor. So Detective Donald... Clogger, who had been handed the lead in the case, stated that he could tell she was not being truthful, and later she admitted to having lied. She stated it was because she was fearful for her own safety, although she never identified C. Murder as a shooter. Corey Miller agreed to give a statement but was not willing to offer a recorded statement. He said he was, in fact, at the Platinum Club the night of the shooting, and he was talking to the DJ when he heard the shot and was pushed out of the club at that point by an unknown individual. One of the key points, y'all, is that the detectives made note of during the question was that he asked about specific facts of the investigation, inquired as to if, if witnesses were cooperating and was fishing to find out who they were. The detectives believed he was asking all these questions so that he could ascertain anyone who was cooperating with police to make threats upon them if they talk. Now they're talking about C. Murray, y'all. Yeah, and Woody, you've you've interrogated uh, you know countless amounts of right. in, individuals. Is that something that would raise a flag with you if they were yeah, like, yeah, asking y'all? It, it's that's almost like people coming back to revisit the crime scene to watch or whatever and interjecting themselves in the, in, in the investigation. The, the fact that he's coming back in and he's like, who? Who's talking? Who's talking? Yeah, y'all got right. any information right. on the case? Yeah. Who's talking? Right. And, and yeah, that definitely throw a right red flag. Almost showing too much interest right. In, right. in what's going on. So Kenneth Jordan was also a witness at the club that night. Now, he stated that the celebs, they get to skip the line and that although a metal wand is used for weapons checks, y'all have all seen that, yeah. the airport or whatever, they, they scan you up and down with that metal wand. He stated they don't really do that for celebrities, of which C. Murder was one. And at mm -hmm. this time, y'all, he was, it, he was big. Right, yeah, he, right. you know, he was he was uh, killing it everywhere, everything he touched. So. Uh, no he pun, no he pun didn't intended. get searched. Yeah, no <laughs> pun intended. He stated there was a rap contest that night, and the victim was in the contest. He said after the victim got off the stage, someone in a CP3 hoodie ran up and attacked the victim. And, y'all, let me tell you about CP3. So yeah. CP3 stands for the Calipi Projects. It's basically CP, and then three is for third ward, right. which is what hood – 
see murder grew up in. Right. So Kenneth Jordan continued to say that the victim was fighting for his life when he got jumped by six or seven people and that seeing murder was not throwing punches and just watching the fight. He said once the fight was over, Corey Miller stood over the victim and shot him once in the chest. Now, it's important to note that this entire statement by Kenneth Jordan took place about a year after the murder. The case was brought up to Kenneth Jordan when he was in a another case as a material witness involving the death of his baby. He said he did not initially speak to police because he feared for his life. Yeah, that's, you know. Mm. Uh, a year later, yeah. Right, right. So on February 28th of 2002, C. Murder was indicted, y'all, for the, uh, for the murder of Steve Thomas. And in September of 2003, he was convicted. However, in 2006, the Supreme Court overturned his conviction and Corey Miller was granted a new trial based on the claim that prosecutors improperly withheld criminal background information on three of their witnesses. The defense, who was not made aware of the criminal records of the witnesses, stated they would have attacked the credibility of those witnesses if the information had been turned over. Mm. Well, that's Brady, y'all. That's everybody, everybody, you know. You got to turn it over. You know, I, I do wonder though, Woody. You would have thought a, a defense attorney, when they see a witness list, they, they would they would just yeah. run a background. Yeah, but but check. but they don't have to because under the Brady Law, everything the prosecutor has in their file, they have to give it to them. Okay. So they would have known those the the criminal records would have been in the file, but guess what? Somebody pulled them out. I got and, you. And they sent it over. So that's why technicality. So that's why. Um, it was turned over. So the state of Louisiana decides in 2009 to give it another shot, right? And they set a trial date for August of 2009. And this is where things get stupid crazy. Just three weeks from the trial date, a friend of C. Murder's name, Juan Flowers, comes out and says that he killed Steve Thomas. Hmm. The questionable thing, really, was his confession or with this confession was Juan Flowers was already serving a life sentence in jail by this point. And it's not uncommon for lifers to try to admit to other killings to save their friends. And believe it or not, the other issue is that he changed and recanted that confession several times after that. Right. So the trial moves forward. And on August the 10th, 2009, Corey Miller, C murder is convicted again Sentenced to life with no parole in bloody Angola. Wow, and and look, that confession by Juan Flowers, that's something that uh the attorneys for C murder and uh and those that are fighting for his release, that's something they bring up. The issue with that is this guy really had nothing to lose. He right. was gonna be he was He's gonna spend it. the rest of his life in jail with He's gonna die in prison. Yeah, he, he was a friend of his. And if he can get see murder this famous rapper off and his friend right and his friend that and get him off by saying hey you know what i did it yeah he'd get favors in jail for the rest of his life right i mean family would take care of and everything else yeah so uh he did come out after making that statement and and basically recanted the whole thing and said you know i didn't kill him right so uh see murder in in bloody angola and so two weeks after he was sent guess what he gets an additional 10 years added to 
He is sentenced for a court case involving the attempting attempted killing of two people in a Baton Rouge nightclub in 2001, y'all. And I remember this I did too. vividly. Now, Miller was in Club Rags. Yep. That was a... Yep. A club in Baton Rouge, which was very, very popular. Hot spot. Hot spot. He got in an argument with security after refusing to allow them to search him. He yanks a gun, pulls the trigger on a bouncer and the nightclub owner, and guess what? Gun jams. Gun jam. Thank God Thank God for, for that, but he's probably glad that it jammed, too, because right. – uh, he didn't get charged with murder right there. This was all captured on camera. Right. Uh, one of the bullets actually ejected after the jam. Right. That's how close it was to yeah. going off. So you know that he actually pulled the trigger if one of the bullets right. ejected. Right. It just didn't fire. That's right. Uh, so it's really important to mention that he was free on bond with that case right. when the case with the nightclub incident involving the killing of Steve Thomas took place place that's That's huge that's crazy he you can't keep you know you know what stay out of the bars at that point you're already in trouble and you go out and this happens so time marches on and steve murder he's kind of working through this appeals process which it pretty much gets exhausted in 2014 then in 2018 kenneth jordan you remember those two jordans i told you about which incidentally they're not related Kenneth Jordan, one of the prosecution's star witnesses, comes out and states he was pressured to finger Miller for the killing or face a 10-year sentence for another crime he was involved in. Then, the very next month, the prosecution's other star witness, Darnell Jordan, recanted his statement, stating he was detained and locked in a hotel room by police who pressured him to testify against Miller. And y'all, as I said, these these guys are not related. They just share the same last name. That's crazy. And so I'm going to interject a little bit of personal knowledge about C. Miller. I mean, C. Murder, Corey Miller, y'all. So he's up at Angola. He's yeah. doing his time. Now, he's famous. And and like they said, he's doing his time. Whether he could have told who the actual shooter was, if he wasn't or whatever, he's living by the street cozy and he's saying dick. But – He's he's doing his time, not letting his time do him. Now, my mother-in-law was the head of security for the visitation room at Bloody Angola. Okay. okay. So guess who was very popular to be visited? Corey Miller. All right. Now, I'm going to tell you, I talked to her. My wife talked about it, and I listened last night, because I remember her telling me about C. Murder back in the day when you brought the story up. I said, call her and ask her anything that she could tell us about. It. All right. Yeah. So what she what she said, she said he was very tall. She said maybe six six, and I get I think he listed like at six, six four. four. Yeah. yeah, but this is her memory. She said he was he was skinny, not real muscular, um, but that he. It showed that he worked out some in prison yeah. muscle, right? But he was still skinny. She said, but said he was very nice. Uh, um, he liked you. He was super polite to you. And he liked you. He let you know it, right? So the Master P, his brother, yep. would fly in on a helicopter 
and land inside the wire at Angola, and they took him to the ranch house. Now, we talked about the ranch house in past yeah, episodes. Yeah. Ranch house is where Burl Kane would hold his meetings with dignitaries, and they would cook him the, the prison meals and all that. Well, guess what? Master P got to have his visitation in the ranch house. Oh, that's with fire. It's pretty cool, right? She said that they developed this personal relationship, and she called him C instead of Corey, uh, Corey Miller, right? And he, what, what, sometime uh, during his incarceration, he had a video that came out, and C actually asked my mother-in-law to, to go watch and say, what do, you, what do you think of the video? Wow. And, and she told him about what she thought of it. She said there also was a, uh, another famous short rapper in there, so she couldn't remember his name, that everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Couldn't stand C-Murder. Uh, Come on. Yeah, and, and so there was a beef between them. They they couldn't have visitation at the same time. Everything else, like, they probably would have killed each other. Wow. Uh, so she was made aware of that. He said, he told her directly, he said, you know what, I, I, believe I have more purpose in this life. Um, and she said he would he would stop in the visitation room. Other people were there and there. It's a massive room, y'all, with all these tables and some vending machines. And they get screened and family members come in. And people would come up to him while he's in his visit and say, hey, will you give me your autograph? And he'd do it. So yeah. He said he was a cool, nice guy. Um, so he took good care of his girlfriend. His girlfriend came every other weekend to visit and and. The, the she doted on him. Uh, um, so also the son of the girlfriend thought of, uh, of C as his daddy and he had a big family and they would, they would come see him uh, almost all the time, every, every, every chance they could. And the family also went to every one of his court dates during this appeal process we're talking about it. But, but check this out. C murder, a hardcore, right? Was a mama's boy. Mm. It absolutely doted on this mama. Big, she said his mama was a big woman, big bone. And uh, she always wore a t shirt that said free C murder. Yeah. When she came to visit. Wow. And uh, uh, Master P ended up buying their, their mama house um, uh, on Chapatulas. Ah. Yeah. I mean, so she got to hang out with him a lot and talk. She said, you know what? She said, if, if 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 you didn't know he was in prison for murder, she said, "Hell, he could have." I mean, we were friends. He could have spent the night in my house. Yeah. yeah. So, wow, you got night. some scoop there, Woody <laughs> Everton. Look, that's so, inside yeah, info. That's bloody and you can't scoop. get nowhere. Bloody else. and bloody and gold scoop. So that that's a personal uh, account. You know, of course, she, she's now long since been retired. Um, probably five or six years ago. Very interesting. So, a helicopter, huh? Helicopter. Come in, Master Pete flying inside the wire with a helicopter and getting the private visitation at the at the uh, the ranch or whatever. That's pretty cool. All right, so y'all in, you know. He was popular, and in 2020, a series of tweets were placed by a very well-known celebrity and influencer, 
Kim Kardashian. Mm. Everybody knows about Kim. She joined the fight to free C. Murder after hearing all the inconsistencies in his case. In a series of Twitter posts, she stated she is teaming up with R&B singer Monica, C. Murder's ex-girlfriend, in the fight to get the 49-year-old rapper's murder conviction overturned. My heart goes out to the family of Steve Thomas. I can only imagine how hard this is, and my intention is to never open up this painful wound, but to help find the truth behind this tragedy. True justice for the young man requires that the person who actually killed him be held responsible and that Corey Miller be returned home to his kids. Y'all, that was Kim Kardashian's statement. That's right. And with no further ado, we'd like to welcome our guest, Kim Kardashian, to this show. No, Kim, really. how you doing? <laughs> how you not, doing, Mom? Not really. But didn't Kim, you, if you want to come Kim, on. Didn't Kim, didn't you just graduate from law school? <laughs> I think she did. <laughs> I think you're right. I think you're right. She's not really here, y'all. <laughs> yes, she is. If she'd like to come on, yes, she is. come yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, just bump up the ratings and say, Kim, hey, Kim, come on down. That's it. So, uh, so yeah, a lot of people out there advocating for C murder and think that he, you know, for lack of a better term, got screwed on his conviction. And as recently as March 3rd, y'all of this year, so just, yeah, just, just last occurring month. last month, uh, C murder is making headlines and his manager released a statement related to a recent hunger strike he's undergoing to protest conditions at Elaine Hunt, where he was transferred in 2018 from Angola. So in 2018, he, you know, commonly, uh, well, I don't know how common it is, but prisoners will get transferred to different prisons after being in Angola so long. Some, so, you well, know, maybe, and, and it could be for security reasons. I'll say, like mm-hmm. that little rapper, um, my the law was talking about. It could be that. Um, could be he used his influence, or maybe Master P can't afford the helicopter anymore, and then and Elaine Hunt's <laughs> is a hell of a lot closer to New Orleans than Angola is, yeah. being right outside of Bat- uh, Baton Rouge, y'all, in St. Gabriel. Um, it's pretty crazy. Yeah, the, and these hunger strikes that they that they yeah. do, this is this is common. This is a right. lot. You know, one of the the most powerful ways that convicts have to protest, especially conditions in prison is through starving themselves. Yeah. And it gets attention. Uh, not Burl Cain saying. Not Burl Cain. Yeah. But Burl Cain uh, is on tape. And one inmate or convict um, came up to the warden. I need to talk to you. Well, Burl Cain knows his business, right? And he told him the inmate, the convict said, aren't you on hunger strike? He said, yes, sir, I am. And Burl said, well, boy, I'm not going to. Not boy. He said, <laughs> he said, sir, I'm not going to talk to you. Well, you're on hunger strike. You go ahead and get you a good meal, and I'll come back and talk to you. There you go. So, so he didn't put up. But we're going uh, to read this statement from his manager regarding that. And it says, on behalf of the Miller family in an ongoing campaign to have justice served, Lisa Jackson, publicist, and Steve Johnson, manager for Corey Miller slash C-Murder, are requesting the release of information to the public about Corey and his current situation at Elaine Hunt Correctional Center. We are asking Kim Kardashian, as the prison reform legal team representing Mr. Miller, to help bring immediate public awareness to Corey's situation. Wrongful conviction from the state of Louisiana, the state of Louisiana's suppression of evidence, inhumane treatment conditions at the prison and is imperative now more than ever that a quick strategy move is made as his health has significantly declined due to the prison system's inhumane conditions 
fortunately and unfortunately, we have a disturbing visual and written information about Mr. Miller's situation. He goes on to say, recently, Mr. Miller recently passed out. He received no follow-up medical care in response, and because Mr. Miller asked for and did not receive an investigation in the circumstances of his passing out, he was placed in solitary confinement as retaliation. Corey continues to suffer from chronic dental issues that have led to significant weight loss and have been denied much-needed thyroid medication because the state of Louisiana says they cannot obtain the necessary medications. Because conditions at Elaine Hunt have not improved, Mr. Miller is engaging in a hunger strike that began on February 23rd to bring awareness to his and all his inmates' neglect and abuse at the hands of the penal system. The neglect of inmates in the penal system has been well documented by Mr. Miller and others. So, uh, basically, <laughs> his manager is putting out, uh, you know, he's basically saying, Corey Miller ain't doing so well right now. Yeah, well, you know what? Listen, I'm going to call bullshit on a little bit of this. <laughs> I knew you because, would. Because <laughs> you can only go like five days without eating, right? Yeah. And, and I mean, uh, or less time without water. I'm pretty sure C. Murder has got a couple of ramen noodles and passed through his door or whatever. I mean, yeah. he, the, the, the whole medication thing and all that, if, if that's true, they better believe they're going to get that shit straight. But I mean, right. one of the reasons that they may have moved him, though, to um, Elaine Hunt's is they, that they do have a, a better, believe it or not, a better medical staff and not, I can't say better, but they have more access to the local hospitals and everything else. That, uh, and so maybe he's need, see, needing to see specialists. I don't know. But the problem with this show is Stephen Thomas, Steve Thomas is dead. And from what I understand that, yeah, it's got garnered a lot more national attention. What was the show? Um, and so I like that show. They, they go in and investigate, cases and and see if there's been an injustice in it and he was on this show and jim you sent it to me he uh or he was well actually he was on it by phone interview but his family his ex-wife and his daughter brought this crackerjack investigative team in one that was a defense attorney the other one was a, a career criminal investigator like me and they investigated the case and yeah and it talk, was called reasonable doubt reasonable doubt that's it and uh i think it's like uh, uh, season two, episode three. So if you want to check it out, the um they they worked it. Yeah. And see see murder basically said on the phone, hey, you know what? Basically, he knew who did it, but he ain't saying. Yeah, and yeah. and they brought up the the interesting thing about this show was they brought up several key points of evidence. One was the fact that somebody had confessed to it. We already told you all the story there. The guy right. just is yeah, not that, believable. He it, keeps changing right. his story. Um, in addition to that, they brought up a chain. So right. there was a, a chain that Steve Thomas was wearing. That Steve Thomas was wearing that when he got killed, somebody yanked that chain off him. Right, during that fight with the beatdown. The DNA did not match C Murder's DNA. It, it, it really didn't match anybody. Correct. Like it was uh he couldn't be excluded or whatever, but it doesn't matter, y'all. DNA is not like you think it is. It, it, it just every time you touch something for a second, 
doesn't mean your DNA is going to be on it. And they prove it uh, by an expert that if somebody just grabbed it and yanked it off, chances of their DNA being on there are very slim. Yeah, so they basically dispelled uh, most of the the uh, cases, I guess, for his release. Yeah. There, there just wasn't anything there. Um, and in that interview, as, as Woody said, where C-Murder was actually on the phone, you know, it, I guess you could say he alluded to the fact that he kind of knew who did it, right. but he has yeah, a code that, that he lives by. And, and one of the witnesses has said um, that it was one of C-Murder's crew that actually pulled the trigger and they exited the club and, and where they asked him where the, where the weapon is. And they said they would have missed it bridge coming back in New Orleans because yeah. Harvey is across the bridge. Yeah. And the problem with that was see murder was with them right, and right. he becomes a what accessory. Yeah. Same thing. He would have got uh, their principle two Louisiana Vice statute, 1427 principle two, basically accessory. And he'd have got the same charge, but they, you know, they said he's standing up and doing his time and, and, um, it is what it is. It is what it is. I don't know how you get it, but it, he's no longer in bloody Angola. Um, but he did sometime. Yeah. And he'll be, you know, as of, as of this recording, he'll, he's still serving the rest of his life yeah, in prison for this. Uh, and so look, man, if you didn't do it, uh, you know, you're going to have to say who did or you're going to ride that. You're going to ride that sentence out till you die. That's it. That's just the bottom line. We wanted to bring this episode to you. We had a lot of people uh, ask us to. There was a lot of questions with regard to seeing murder. And, you know, he, he, he's a very popular uh, part of society, even still 21 years after this has taken place. Well, people don't even know that it was a, a veteran. Yeah, he was. And That's a, right. A military veteran, the same war that I was a veteran of, the, the, yeah. the first uh, uh, Gulf War. And, you know, it's just, it, he's at, you know, you, you would think, think him and Master P, or uh, they display themselves uh, the gangster life, whatever. They got, Master P's got a college education. Look, let me tell yeah. you, uh, that is a persona, persona, and that guy is a business person, right. and very, you cannot reach that level of success in life without right. being very smart. Right. Very uh, and have a very high business acumen, yeah. and, 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 and that's the, the bottom line. I think when you start believing your own hype, and you certainly you're the most popular person at nightclub, held about four or five hundred people. Y'all, the platinum, uh, um, platinum did, or platinum, whatever they call it. The the and supposedly Steve Thomas was on stage rapping. It was like a rap mm-hmm. ball, and he got off the stage and maybe. Uh, C. Miller's crew didn't like, or C. Murder's crew didn't like it, and they gave him the beat down. Well, there was even a rumor out there saying that in that contest, he outwrapped everybody else, and a lot of people were saying he was better than C. Murder, and that basically he was killed because of that. And C. Murder responded to that in that TV interview and said, man, I have way too much to lose. I'm not going to kill a guy because – because everybody thought he was better than me that night right. or whatever. And, right. and it, it, I believe that. And, and, I don't think that's why. A lot of people said that Steve Thomas was actually C-Murder's biggest fan. Yeah. yeah. His and, own and, family. And, and, his mom and dad and, and, said he had posters like, of Master Pete. He's a, a huge C-Murder fan. Yeah. And, and he ended up dying. Prayers go for them. You know what? The the silent code, a lot of times they say the streets talk. That's what they used to say, the streets yeah. talk. But a lot of times they don't. And yeah. in this case... I mean, 
he wants to die in prison for that. Now I think it's too late. All these people recanting stories and all that. It just invalidates you as a witness and in, in, in the appeals process. My prediction is like Rocky Three. And they asked Mr. T, what's your prediction? Prediction's pain. And, and my prediction is C. Murray's going to die in the custody of the Department of Corrections. Yeah, what a, what a, just a, a tragic waste to uh, what, you know, he could have kept on going and just rocking it in the rap world. And, you know, I, we say it all the time. I, I say this a lot, and that is you're one decision away from one ruining the rest of your life. Second, man, I, I pray for my it's kids all it every takes. day. Right? And, and that's it. So. Yeah, and he's a, pri- he's a prime example of that, yep. sadly. Yep. So uh, Lifestyle called him. The, um, y'all, look, I want to thank our Patreon members. You are absolutely the best. Oh, they um, are. They Couldn't do this without them. Carry us every single month. Um, our bloody Angola is rocketing up the charts this past week. It jumped 20-something 22 spots. spots. 22 spots. And I predict next week after Life Real Crimes Dateline. 22 more spots. Which you put one. it at negative. No, yeah, two. yeah. yeah we're, we're going to be in the negative. We, yeah. yeah. So I predict we're going to number one, uh, y'all. So and But Patreon members, we couldn't do it without you. If you want to become a Patreon, you can go to patreon.com and type in Bloody Angola. Yeah. It has all the different tiers. Uh, we do transcripts on there, Woody, yes, for uh, for the, our really upper cool tiers. Stuff. But even if you just the the fir- very first tier, you're going to get commercial-free commercial early free. episodes yeah. every week. Uh, we release extra and bonus episodes yes. as you go up those tiers. Companion and episodes. Yeah, we got we got several locked up that right. nobody's ever heard on the right. regular Bloody and Dola series. Never will. Yeah, they're, they're for our Patreon members. Yep. You know what? It takes money. This is a business, and it takes. We love doing it. Yeah, and we're always going to do it. And and yeah. and y'all have been so great to us. And if you would make sure you subscribe and like us and get. If you get a chance, go leave us a review. Very important. And, and, and those um, have kind of slowed down as of late. Yeah, so, yeah. so go, go please. Leave, leave us a review. And we love and appreciate each and every one of you. And look, we got a Facebook page. We don't yes, forget to mention right, that. Go to right. the Facebook. Give it a follow. It's been building. Right. Uh, the, you know, I love seeing those analytics on Facebook grow and grow and grow. That's right. just what it's been doing. But nobody will know if you don't tell a friend. So. Right. And so also every week now we're going to list every single episode of bloody angola in the real life real crime community app also the advertisement whatever the episode's going to be you, if you're scrolling through that app you you'll be able to see it there also yeah so go to real life real crime download the app and uh and you'll have access to those episodes and last thing we want to mention uh this is Thursday, so tomorrow Thursday tomorrow 8 o'clock central 9 <laughs> pacific <laughs> Real life, real crime, two-hour special, Who Murdered Cody, Co- Courtney Coco, yeah. Dateline, Dateline. NBC, NBC, 16 million viewers. 135 million in 30 days. Wow. Between their podcasts and everything else. And y'all, um, horrible story. We were very blessed to ha- have lifers and, and fans and and. Most of them are fans of Bloody Angola also. Y'all help solve that case. So go tune into it, uh, share it, and, and it's, a, it's a beautifully tragic story. 
So it really is, and and it'll give you the the amazing story of this man across from me and what he did and went through to really see that justice was done for Courtney, which uh, and and guess what? I'm going to do a little spoiler alert. I, I if I could say it in spoiler alert, one day we can do an episode of Bloody Angola at the conclusion of the Dateline story because. Somebody's in bloody Angola. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So tune in, please. Uh, 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock Pacific, 8 o'clock Central on NBC on Friday. And until next time, I'm Jim Chapman. And I'm Woody Overton. Your host of Bloody Angola. A podcast 142 years in the making. The complete story of America's bloodiest prison. Peace. Straight line, shackle and chain. Oh, gruesome Gertie is calling my name. There is no mercy in this penitentiary. Just ask the Hill String Gang, Rango.